Hey everybody, welcome to Right Behind Us. I'm your host, Brandon Daniel of the Seattle band BD and the Sheiks. This is a music conversation podcast and today I had the opportunity to speak with Robbie Gray from Modern English. Uh, uh, for those of you who are thinking, that sounds familiar, R- Modern English had one of the biggest hits of the 80s that we are still hearing today called I Melt With You. And uh, this was a pretty unique opportunity. Robbie was here in Seattle doing a show at Numos, uh, and it's kind of a conceptual tour that they're doing where they are performing their first record that they recorded before their hit with uh, I Melt With You, which was actually on their second album. And uh, it was funny because, you know, this is a long form uh, interview. Uh, style show i mean that that's what these things are called you know we like to think of them as podcasters as conversations but um you know whenever you're talking to agents and all that it's always got to be you know some kind of terminology for it and this show is like a 40 minute to an hour long form conversation show and i went there and i was supposed to interview him um after his sound check and I got there, and it was like they're in the middle of things, and I thought, oh, you know, I want to be or stand around for this and be in their hair. So I asked their tour manager if I could go downstairs to the green room where we we're going to do the interview at Numos. I'm familiar with it, and you know, just get set up. Next thing I know, Robbie walks in. He's a very affable guy, uh, very charming and easygoing, and he sits down, and we start doing the conversation, the uh, uh, the podcast uh, interview, and. like 20 minutes into it as you'll get to hear he's like oh they're sound checking i gotta run up there and i gotta sound check with them this is supposed to happen after the sound check no one uh communicated that so unfortunately it's like a 24 minute conversation but it's really good you know he's very open he's very honest and uh, and and you know he has his charm about him so let's get into it this is robbie gray from modern English. Those cans are for you. Yeah. Uh, just to, you know, keep you aware of distance to the mic and it's everything. It's a nice mic. It's for a USB mic. It's quite nice. Plug right in and you looks, know, looks you got good. a podcast. Looks good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's what. Yeah. They put a lot of money into making it. Look right. good. Uh, I don't know about the components. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys are on this Mesh and Mace tour. Yep. That's right. Mesh and Where, Mace. Tour. And I think that's. Uh, when I read about that, I just thought that was fantastic, but it kind of, it goes much deeper than that. Um, this album for you guys, I, I don't want to say it for you, but it's like this album for you guys uh, was your authentic self. Yeah, absolutely. Pre, pre, you know, world's, one of the world's biggest hits of the 80s. Well, it's actually um, before we knew how to 
write yeah. songs like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, like most people write songs. We didn't know how to do that. Right. So we used to call our music pieces and we used mm. to kind of stitch them together, which gives that album a sort of, you know, a different sound, different feel because yeah. things are moving all at different times. It gets called dark a lot, which actually makes sense when you listen to it. It's what... So I listened to the album over and over uh, a bunch, um, and what it f was fascinating about it to me was how many bands of my generation and generations previous that w have made records that sound like completely like that, like they were <laughs> influenced by, you know, and, and yeah. then of course they were, like uh, LCD Sound System, yeah. you know, mentioned that you, yeah. uh, which was a huge thing although i have to say his favorite song is dance of devotion wasn't is it? dance of devotion and mine i don't just say this because it was the first track but uh mine was gathering dust gathering does you mean 16 days yeah yeah 16 yeah, days yeah and yeah. i was just like yeah that's a lot of people's favorite uh track from that album it's, it's got it's got all the uh, good components of that record in it and at the same time i mean that, that's one of those ones that just hits yeah and, when, and live it hits even more it's very big live yeah that's actually cut up that track before oh, yeah. there was such a thing as samplers that mm. when everything was on tape yeah the guy who produced it ken thomas who was in a band called throbbing gristle at the time mm -hmm. and he cut it and put those drums in so you can actually hear it kind of go the drums kind of slip in. You can yeah. hear it. It's it's a, a cut on a piece of tape. No, I'll be listening for that now. <laughs> um, and where did how did you guys budget for that for your first record? Well, we didn't. Um, Ivo, what's Russell at Four AD budgeted? Basically, it was two weeks in a studio in, in England, and we just did most of it live. That's why it's got that very sort of live sound. You know, the drums yeah. speed up and slow down. Yeah. You know, there's not many overdubs on it. It's very sort of. There's lots of energy on it, lots of uh, you know, noise, really. We, we, we really couldn't play very well, so we used to use, you know, sound and experimentation uh, a lot to, uh, yeah. because we couldn't really musically, you know, play that well. Well, that's been the case for so many bands. Yeah, but, I absolutely. Mean, it, it did actually help d define that sound oh, yeah. and then become a style that people will play, yeah. you know, in a limited capacity because it sounds good yeah there's this whole repetition. thing in america well all over the world you know the post-punk yeah you know resurgence which yeah. you know all we know is that's an album we made at that time there wasn't a post-punk name attached to it then yeah it's only now that people are labeling this sort of music but back then it was just all the bands all doing the same sort of music really what, what did you consider yourself what were your at that time what were your um, artistic aspirations for for the band for yourself yeah well i mean literally we just picked up instruments and started making music when punk rock happened yeah we wouldn't have never we never would have done music before never that. would have done like pub rock or anything we like that no, no way it, it didn't interest us at all the only mm. thing we used to listen to was bowie and roxy music and mm. you know we, we never thought we could do that yeah but as soon as the pistols came along and the clash we thought fuck we can do that yeah so we did <laughs> well what's interesting i mean what do you think was the uh, the impetus then for your uh, vocal style? Because you didn't, you weren't trying to be angry and 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 coarse like like uh, Sex Pistols. I mean, you no. were 
you were brain, you were, punk was a brief brief flickering light you know it was yeah. very short lived yeah. it, it became like sort of cliche after a while and all mm. the bands that came through that changed wanted to make their own style of music wanted mm-hmm. to carry on but not yeah. not be a cliche so all the bands did it you know mm-hmm. you had joy division who were warsaw you had you two even you know were mm-hmm. influenced by that sound and so everyone at that time was just trying to find their way and that's what we did we just went from punk rock to this sound where we started using feedback and that gary the guitarist would use effects pedals yeah and i'd start writing these lyrics more about life and experience than sort of just being angry you know mm. you know uh you know the idea that's you know it was, it was a music for people who who didn't really fit in you mm. know which i think it is now as well mm-hmm. actually the more i read about it um and we definitely didn't fit in we didn't go yeah. to work we didn't have children you know we weren't looking to yeah. get married you know we were all like teenagers just just looking to do things you know to be creative really yeah you looked like the weird art kids yeah and well, i my first you know memories of watching mtv and there yeah. you there you all are and it's like yeah. oh okay so that's that crowd yeah you know and little did i know i would go on to be a part of, <laughs> a part of that crowd in my own you know life and uh i guess we have to be grateful for it yeah, because it's, if it's we not a bad crowd yeah it's not a bad crowd to be in you know no, if we weren't outcasts uh, no entertainment no i mean I, I just think it's really important for you know for people who don't fit in to do something creative because if everyone was the same it'd be really dull and boring you know and, mm. and we definitely didn't want to be the same as everybody else i mean you know we just didn't want to do that where did you, uh, you grew up in, in Essex? Yeah, Colchester in Essex, which is a small town. It's about an hour and a half from London on a train. Mm-hmm. It's not too far, 60 miles. So the influence of London was seeping out towards us and other places like us. Depeche Mode were also from Essex. Oh, really? They were in Basildon, which is another town up the road. Were they people that you knew? Or yeah, we used to do concerts with them, small concerts, oh really, really tiny concerts. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was just all how it all started. What know? did they sound like back then? Similar to you in the, no, in the punkier they, sense? No, they were always keyboardy. They mm-hmm. always did new life. You know, they had that going on the whole time. They were great, but they didn't ever use guitars. They weren't ever a guitar band. That's fascinating. Yeah, even bass. I don't think so. No, I think it was always keyboards for them. Wow. I mean, we always wanted to use guitars because Gary, the first thing he, you know, when he picked up his guitar, he played was Gene Gene, you know, from Bowie. Uh huh. So we were a guitar band <laughs> straight yeah. away. Um, you know, we all knew each other when we were really young, 15, 16, 17. So that's how we grew together. So you really were. Uh, uh, um were you the musicians or outcasts or we weren't musicians only no. mick you could probably say mick mick conway was more musical the bass player yeah and gary could play some guitar but he wasn't musical particularly that makes sense because even on the first even on uh mesh and lace like uh his bass playing is just yeah he, he does all the work Solid. he does all the work he's yeah. playing not only is he driving he's playing the melodies you know he's changing things yeah. he was definitely more musical than than the rest of us and i think that's what makes like we're doing a track tonight called uh, the token man mm. which we have never played live that's crazy yeah, yeah i was listening to that and and the way things shift it's almost like classical music we didn't yeah. know what we were doing but yeah you know it's almost like parts go over the top of each other and you don't know where one starts and one ends yeah so it's been quite hard for us to rehearse this i i understand I, there were some tracks uh, and, and that might even been one of them where i'm like 
Are they really going to try and pull this one yeah, off Yeah, we're doing all of them. Uh, the whole album we're doing. That's fascinating. And, you know, it's funny. When I mentioned to my band last night that, you know, I was going to talk to you today uh, that, and, and, and about what you were doing with your tour playing this record, uh, they're like, ah, it's so cool. Like, this happening a lot these days. And yeah. I think it's a great idea that the... Yeah. So, uh, but uh, what I thought was great about this is that you're doing the record before, and you're doing the record that you guys felt. I'm, I've already, I'm kind of overstating this, but that you guys felt w was uh, the freest version of you. Yeah, well, we we produced it also. We had a guy producing it, and Ivo, who was the record company boss, was with us as a friend and sitting, throwing ideas around. But when we moved on to After the Snow, Hugh Jones totally produced that album. We mm -hmm. had a lot to do with it, but he was the producer. Mm -hmm. with, with Mesh and Lace, we were the producers, mm -hmm. along with Ken Scott, who was producing it as well. Sorry, Ken Thomas. And Ivo, who was the record company guy who, who signed all the bands on 4AD. Right. You know, and we were one of the first ones. So we, we were his friend. So he came in with us to work on it over those two weeks. So he was part of it as well. So it was, it was kind of like... An experiment. It was really good fun. Yeah, yeah, and well, and then you guys um, went on to to move from London to New York. Oh, Mick after, did. Mick oh, did. Because in in on information online it says the whole band. Moved no, over. definitely not. No. We, we never moved to New York. Oh, okay. Mick moved to Brooklyn before you could live there. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't live there. You can't <laughs> afford it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. no one can. <laughs> no, but we point. never. We, we've never left England. The rest of us. And Mick came back. Um, a few years ago and that's how the band got back together he he actually moved to a town which is really close to me uh-huh and he phoned me up and said you know you fancy getting the band back together I was like yeah. hey <laughs> well you did it a couple of times I mean you you've, you've gotten the band uh, yeah. back together after uh, post album yeah yeah uh, you know but this is the ups. this is the original I members. know that's yeah that's that part every single person astounding. except for the drummer yeah. unfortunately the drummer. what was that well, he, he just couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. You know, he couldn't do it. It's so, understandable. It's a lot. But uh, all the elements of modern English on the album, you'll, you'll hear them tonight. And, you know, there's nothing... Um, it's full on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And must be, it must feel good to be throwing yourself into a concept like taking, an, an, you know, your first album on tour. Yeah, it's, it's the first time we've ever done it. Yeah. So yeah. it's really... when Actually, the people who wanted to book us were a, an agency called Forbidden Colors mm. and they're out of Seattle oh really yeah that's why we're here for the first for concert. the first one they I just got an email out of the blue you know how would you feel about playing some of the early 4AD material which because on top of Mesh and, Place, Mesh and Lace we're playing the early singles yeah Swans on Glass Gathering Dust oh okay Incident we're playing a load of stuff I was hoping that you would at least for like yeah. you know the encore or something. <laughs> We're doing all of it. That's fantastic. All the all the early stuff. You're used to doing that part, right? Like you know mixing all the singles uh, yeah. into your set. I'm, you've been doing that since uh, two, was it 2010. Yeah. yeah. You know we we can do most things, but we've never actually played the whole of the album mm -hmm. and our early singles mm -hmm. all in the same show. What is it? Um, I mean. I was just talking with an artist who uh, was in the cramps. His name yeah. was Kid Congo. Yeah, I remember and, the cramps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. He, was, he was in the cramps, and he was in the Cave in the Bad Seas and uh, the Gun Club. So he he also has you know a, a long history as a musician. Um, but one of the things that fascinated me about uh, yours is that you know you you had again 
one, you know, one of the, the most memorable songs from the 80s as on your second album. And, and you had uh, this success through a young part of your life. Uh, and then you continue to make music and you continue to put the band back together. Um, a couple of side projects I saw. Um, one which eventually turned back into a, a reforming of modern English. Um, and I'm interested in that. Like your continual... Well, it's hard, isn't it? It's creativity. It's you know? you yeah. can't turn that off. Um, you can try. Right. But you also... Um, the thing is that I Melt With You, you know, pays all the bills. Yeah. We make a lot of money from that song. So mm-hmm. we're able to, to be creative on the side on the back of that track right you know a lot of people ask us about that song do we like it do we not like it we love it because yeah. you know it helps us to carry on making our music mm-hmm. that's it's been a real help for that and being creative is really important if you're a creative person yeah and that that's why really we keep going yeah have you ever gotten to a moment to uh where you wanted to go back to uh, writing on instinct, and I, and this could be at any time. You know, we, we still do that. Years. Yeah, uh, it's one of the, inter- yeah. the things I, I was interested in listening to that record, and in comparison with you know uh, your work that's followed is like, because I know I, I deal with this all the time, where you know sometimes you want today we want a pop song. Oh, let's yeah. just let's just do yeah, a pop yeah. song in this in this rhythm, and, and let's go for it, and then you can kind of structure it. Yeah, but. As we, as I'm sure you know, or I'm sure it happens to you, sometimes you just sit down, and start playing something, and go like, "Let's just ride this yeah, way." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we we've always because we come from the background that we do come from, mm-hmm. you know, which was never really about pop music. Right. It's quite easy for us not to write pop music. We've just recorded a new album. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is we've got a pledge music campaign with it. And it's been amazing. The response has been incredible. Yeah, I saw the video. And there's some weird stuff on there. There's some there's a, that we've orchestrated a couple of tracks, so there's mm. all this weird orchestration thing. And there's a couple of really edgy guitar. There's a real mixture of stuff on there. Right. But most of it, you know, we always start from just ding, 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 ding. Oh, yeah. that sounds good. Let's try this. Let's try that. Sure. We never sit down and think, well, that could be a really good pop song. Because mm-hmm. if you do that, it doesn't really work. It doesn't really it doesn't really work <laughs> it's true it's really hard to um you know hey sometimes you sit down and, and go well let's, I, I want this kind of song today it's just what i'm yeah. feeling I, I want this in our album or yeah. on our album i want this in our set you know let's make this type of song by the end of it you know if you get through it on that intention it's something else yeah i mean it's really it's important hard. to to like what you're doing otherwise mm-hmm. you might as well be working in the shop yeah exactly you know if you're going to be creative you've got to follow your heart really mm. I think you know sometimes you get lost along the way and we've definitely done that a few times we've right. followed the dollar or chased a pop song or tried to be weird for the sake of it but mm-hmm. if you just follow really what you believe in you, you can't go wrong really you know even if it doesn't work nobody ever hears it you've still got your own you know safe brain because that's what's really important is to be true and we tried to do that with our new album, and, and we've actually written more stuff since then that's even wilder. Right. So what's been really nice about the, this resurgence with Mesh and Lace is that it's tapped us back in a little bit to that feeling. Yeah, you're going, going uh, back to like a kid state a yeah, little bit. almost, even mm-hmm. though we're, you know, we're far from being children. Right, right. We're all in our 50s, so we'll be lucky if we can get through this tour. <laughs> but, you know, it's really great to... Um, 
to feel all that again. To, and I'm yeah. really, this is the first concert tonight, and I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah. I can't tell you. Yeah. Well, there's it, there's something about it that it, it is kind of celebrating some, um, something that all musicians must uh, possess all artists really must possess is this you know this kid-like yeah. instinct to create to yeah. entertain yeah. i mean these things are gonna get, oh, come watch me you know all that yeah, yeah. these are things that we like we must uh be kind of stuck with it's if we're going to continue to be it's creative. also a reward yeah know, exactly. to, go, to go on stage i mean they've sold 250 tickets tonight yeah that's probably going to be 350 people there so right you know, to go out on stage and play Dance of Devotion mm -hmm. to 350 yeah. people, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Really yeah. exciting. Because they'll be expecting probably, I don't know what they're going to expect. I don't even know if half the people who've bought tickets even know what Mesh and Lace was, you know. It'll you be know, interesting to find out. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But I think just uh, conceptually, you know, uh, uh, b before it happens, uh, it, it feels like a really good idea because yeah. hey look I've been going I've grown up going to see bands that sound like you know you guys did yeah, on, right, on Mesh right. and Lace that's the you funny know? bit For, about this 30 at, years later we're still doing it well, it's I just gone thought a it cycle was, I, thought, I think and you know it's also um, uh, that that whole post-punk you know style is is it's been it's weaved in and out of popularity yeah. Uh, yeah. since you know you made that record yeah. Um, and it's definitely back. And then there's a lot of bands doing the thing that you do, you know, with the following album, like adding the keys and mm. and, and bringing yeah. that element yeah, into yeah. it too. It's all. It's funny how this evolution seems to be more of a cycle. The same thing's happening in Europe as well. We've done some mm -hmm. festivals in Europe where there's been bands with smoke <laughs> everywhere and right, right. who sound like the Cure. You know, every time right. we play, they sound like the Cure. Yeah, it's really quite funny. Well, it just I, the, I, I don't mean to talk about myself, but it just happened in my band where we just discovered a band member was a good keyboard player. Next thing you know, we've got a totally different, like a psychedelic pop sound yeah. that could easily fit into that same you know yeah, yeah. category. Um, and it's it's all just accidental. It's like, oh, this guy plays keys. Yeah, <laughs> it, let's see what happens. And yeah. then the next thing you know, talking about keyboard players, Steve yeah. Walker, our keyboard player. Yeah, you know, he, we didn't have a keyboard player to start with. We just said, if you buy some keyboards, you can be the keyboard player. And then uh, he was so great at, at creating these melodies. Sounds and melodies and sounds. Steve's really good at uh, sonics, you know, like oh, noise. He's mm -hmm. got an MS-20, Korg MS-20, and it's an amazing machine. But yeah, he's very good at melody as well. Well, and what, uh, and what I, I, I really kind of wigged out on, especially for an album to tape, is the um, On Mesh and Lace you know, many tracks that will like weave in those uh, pretty much psychedelic sounds from a keyboard. And, yeah. and, you know, these are the things we do today and we think, oh, this is modern. That, that's that's Gary's guitar and Steve's keyboards. The, the, right. The, shh, right. the noise. Yeah. yeah. That's Gary's guitar and that's Steve's keyboards. Yeah. And he was playing with some, and I don't mean to get too like gear heavy, but like he was playing with some uh, sound effects on the guitar that... Oh, God, he's got so many pedals. It's unbelievable. He's a he's pedal He's guy. unbelievable. Yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes back then. you just turn around and his feet can't move fast yeah. enough. Yeah. It's amazing. He's, um, a, he's a fantastic guitarist, Gary. Well, from Mesh and Lace onward, I felt like I started to notice themes. Some of them, you know, uh, obvious ones like love, like love and, and you know... Uh, uh, unrequited love and um, you know classic 
themes. But one of them I was wondering about was I, um, the dissonance in some of the lyrics that seemed to be like associated maybe with um, the Cold War. I mean, was this a yeah. was this something that you were um, I thinking about you. when you were writing? I met with you usually yeah. about a couple making love when the bomb drops. Right. You know. Uh, Black Houses, which we're playing tonight, yeah. is all about that. You know, when we were young, and your country and the Russians were at each other's throats. Right. You know, they used, we used to have these adverts on English television. If they, if someone drops a bomb to get under the table, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> paint <laughs> your you know like your windows yeah. black. It's really going to work. Uh, so it was kind of based on that. All these things they used to tell us that would help us to survive. You know, so I wrote Black Houses all around that. Machine Lace, that's viable commercial uh-huh. playing up there. Oh, yeah. I can oh, hear the, right on. That's the band rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I'm going to have to uh, go. Uh, oh, you have to go for well, the sound? Yeah, oh, in, that, in, in, in a minute, anyway. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. sure. Well, I, I, I'm glad I got to ask you that, though, because yeah, yeah. That, that really was interesting. I, I think that uh, a writer's themes and where they are in their life yeah. is but so interesting. What's going on nowadays? What do people write about? Well, I mean, you could you could write about the election right now if yeah, you wanted to. Yeah, definitely could do that. Um, you know, I, I'm no expert. I I tend to uh, use it ju- just like you as an as an outlet. And uh, I came out of a you know a situation where I was a reject as a kid, and and, yeah. and I wanted to uh, express that. Yeah. I came from a loud Irish family, so <laughs> you know I could I could yell, I could scream, you know, and and I. Ev- to this day, I think that I, I enjoy that about um, singing. That yeah. You can get up there, and not just in the way you wrote the song, but in the performance you give, you can let yeah. it out. There's nothing like it. Right. I'm going right. to go now, because I really yeah. want to go to yeah. that. Yeah, it's fantastic <laughs> talking go, to you. you so I'm going to the sound check. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> gathering dust from their debut record mesh and lace doing this tour uh i expect that that those would be some really fun songs to see done live so go check them out they're gonna actually be in san diego tomorrow may 17th at the hideout followed by phoenix uh wednesday may 18th at the rhythm room and this tour is winding all the way uh through the country up to boston Um, this month so go check that out if it's in your area and you are a modern English fan I really think Melt With You is is one of the (laughs) greatest songs of the 80s and and I had a thrill talking to him so before we get going we need to talk about our sponsor today Blumenstein Audio check out Blumenstein Audio for the ultimate high fidelity speakers and subwoofers for music lovers Uh, You know, I know that 
It's only been 10 years that Blumenstein has been doing their handcrafted speakers here in Seattle, Washington. They've sold all over the world. But they actually do have a vintage pair of their best-selling speaker, the Orca. So now they are re-inventing uh, the Orca Vintage, which has uh, indented speakers uh, in, carved into where this uh, speaker placement is. It's a beautiful speaker. I've always wanted one. I actually have some more modern Orcas, so I'm thinking about making the jump myself. Go check these out at BlumensteinAudio.com, B-L-U-M-E-N-S-T-E-I-N-Audio.com, and you get a 10% discount on checkout just for being a listen to the show. Just enter the promo code BD on checkout, and you get that discount. All right, that's enough for now. Until the next episode.